Leonardo da Vinci once said, Painting is poetry that is seen rather than felt, and poetry is painting that is felt rather than heard. Hello, welcome. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall. Thank you for joining me. You're listening to episode 16 of the second season of Peabody's podcast, Pursue the Art of Noticing. Today, I'm thrilled to have a wonderful guest join me here on the podcast. It's been a few weeks since I've shared the mic. So I'm thrilled to step back into a season of welcoming others to come sit beside me, mostly figuratively, here on Peabody's. My guest today is a full-time artist, painter, and friend, Jenny Pitts-Tucker of Jenny Lou Art. Listen to part of Jenny's story as she tells it on her website, JennyLouArt.com. Jenny writes, While studying graphic design at Baylor University, I began painting to escape the dreaded hours of making art with a computer. I had not picked up a paintbrush since elementary art class, but blending colors came easily and organic shapes appeared before me on the canvas. Since then, painting has become a quiet expression and gentle release from everyday life. After graduating from college, I immediately set out on a grand adventure as a Teach America Corps member teaching middle school world history in a rural town near Charleston, South Carolina. As my short teaching career came to an end, I was not quite ready to set my roots in one place, so I hit the road again, only to find myself destined for mountain air. Originally, I was born and raised in Austin, Texas, but currently I reside in Denver, Colorado. The mountains and the green outdoors inspire me every day and remain a constant reminder of the natural beauty all around me. Specifically, I am most passionate about live wedding paintings and specialized commission pieces, but my main concern is equipping you with a timeless piece of artwork to hand down for generations. In that first segment, I quoted Leonardo da Vinci and when I went back to listen, something didn't sound quite right. So I double-checked the quote, and here is the correct quote. Leonardo da Vinci once said, Painting is poetry that is seen rather than felt, and poetry is painting that is felt rather than seen. I had the pleasure of meeting Jenny several years ago while she was living here in South Carolina during her brief stint with Teach America. She was in a very small rural town in South Carolina near Charleston. Through the years we have remained friends and I even had the privilege of attending her wedding last summer in Austin, Texas. Jenny has been in my home here at Merci, so I invited her, though she is in Denver, to place herself in her artist's imagination on my front porch. Join me now for a conversation with Jenny. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Jenny. Welcome to Peabody's podcast. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I 
cannot believe that I'm hearing you there in Denver and I'm here in South Carolina. My, my only regret is that you were on the front porch with me and that we were sitting and rocking on the front porch here at the house. <laughs> I know it's like a fairy tale where you live. It's 40 degrees <laughs> in Denver and raining. So not the best weather today, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But we're just going to pretend like we're sitting together um, on the front porch because it's 81 here. And <laughs> oh, <wow>. it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. I know today is a really busy day for you and the life of a full-time artist and painter. So um, having spoken to, spoken to you earlier in the day, I know that this particular day is is full. You have a full plate. So thank you for taking a little bit of time to come on um, and talk to me um, about several things. I'm thrilled. I'm so honored. Um, so how's Puppy? I know you have a new white lab puppy. Yep. His name's Waylon after Waylon Jennings. And he is good. <laughs> he's currently in the back seat, And I'm just praying that he's not going to bark during this. But I gave him something to chew on. So He's being good well. I him. hope he will bark. That will be his way <laughs> of saying hello to me. Oh, I can't wait to him. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have the strange feeling that the new puppy name will be Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor now? <laughs> that sounds like a mouthful. Well, because they've named the baby, it's all over the news. So, oh, um, I didn't even know that. How exciting! <laughs> I thought Archie was adorable, so I have a Archie. feeling that Archie be a new name for labs and little boys alike <laughs> oh I'm sure it's trendy I know very much on trend well I let's start I'd love to um to begin um one of the things that I think would be particularly interesting for our listeners is um your journey um towards becoming a full-time painter so perhaps you can share just a bit about how you discovered this passion for art um, a passion which you clearly embrace and display in your work and one which led you to painting full-time as a professional artist. Um, can you um, speak a little bit to that? Yeah, of course. So I guess I've always been a very creative person. And um, if you know anything about the Enneagram, I am a two, which is a helper. And I actually really strongly associate with the four two, which is like very creative and deep-minded person. So I've kind of always been that way, but um, I never really considered myself an artist. I just thought I was a typical child who really enjoyed creativity and painting and imagining. And um, I went to school at Baylor University for college, and I was really torn between psychology and art. Um, my dad just kind of gave me some clarity and was like, well, if you do art, you've got to do graphic design because that's the most relevant to our world and basically that's the way I'm going to get a job out of college so, so I took his advice and ended up um, doing graphic design in college and in the midst of that I realized how much I hated sitting in front of computers like all hours of the day so I had like 20 studio art credits I had to get and I ended up signing up to take a bunch of painting classes and I loved it. I just fell in love with, you know, getting my hands wet with paint and just really diving in in such a physical way um, as opposed to like working on the computer screen. And uh, basically all four years of college, I just took as many painting classes as I could. I got a really strong foundation in drawing and uh, it was good. It was it all worked out really well for me. 
Um, and then in uh, after college, which is where I met you, I uh, went to South Carolina and did Teach for America, which, as you know, was extremely hard for me. Um, but in the midst of that, I think I really realized um, teaching wasn't something that I really wanted to do. Um, it was very rewarding, and I learned a lot, but... Um, I ended up doing some paintings and a friend of mine posted her painting on a blog and I posted it on Instagram and the next thing you know, there's a bunch of people emailing me and uh, sending comments on my social media and in a very small nutshell, that's kind of how I got started was just a bunch of affirmation from people that really inspired me to paint paintings and start selling them and having a graphic design background, I made a website and I made business cards. And within a year of doing that, I was doing it full time. <laughs> I love your story. And not everybody, um, you know, it's for everyone the the path is not linear from A to B. Many of us right. find the circuitous path um, yes. to their passion as an artist and you left out a couple of other interesting things that I, I think I had <laughs> forgotten about you, that you had worked as a barista and as yep. an orthodontist and as a nanny. And so, yep. so um, uh, yeah, that was right after I left teaching, I moved to Boulder and your sweet husband actually helped me pack up my car. <laughs> I drove across the country and decided I was just going to try something new and I've always wanted to live in the mountains, so um, I moved in with a random mutual friend I didn't even know. What was a friend of a friend, and then I was still searching and just trying to figure out like what do I want to do. And um, I started working at a foster home, which was a nightmare and another <laughs> really difficult job situation. So I moved on from that, and I was a barista, and then I was a nanny. And then I think I'd had enough of kids and crazy life. So um, it was actually quite beautiful in the way that God really reached my heart and helped me see that um, I was being so driven by performance. Um, and I was trying to become this person that I thought I had to be. Um, I thought I needed, I thought God needed me to serve and save and fix the world's children. And one way or another, he taught me that, you know, you're trying to be someone I haven't asked you to be. Um, you've come up with this identity in your mind of who you think you need to be. But the world is telling me, you know, you, you're you so needed. And if you don't do this, then God's not going to love you or people aren't going to love you. And um, I think through all of the things that I, I did, I met grace in the midst of it. And I really started to recognize that, um God has called me to be who he's created me to be. And for that, uh, to find that, I started just pursuing my passions, um, which was painting and I love horses and I love running. And so I just, I took a week off of everything and I wrote down a list of things that I really enjoyed and um, I started doing them. And in the midst of that, um, I started painting again, just very casually as a hobby and that was around, um, when was that? Maybe December or uh, November of 2013. And then I met a doctor on an airplane, and he is an orthodontist, a pediatric orthodontist. And I started um, 
I started working for him, which was hilarious. I had zero background in taking kids' braces off, but he was convinced that I would be good at it because I loved people and I loved kids. And so he started training me to do that. Um, after I got off the airplane, he offered me a job. And I was still kind of in the place of, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And um, so I started working for him. And in the background, I was doing paintings at home. And about around March of 2014, I went back to Charleston to visit uh, my students and friends, one of which was you. And uh, I came across a random friend from my art school at Baylor at a restaurant. She just so happened to be in Charleston. I didn't even know that. And uh, she was like, why don't you come over for dinner? I'd love to cook you dinner. And um, I showed up and she had a canvas out on the porch and was like, I just repainted this canvas uh, with white so that I could put something on it. And I would be honored if you would paint something on it. I remember you really loved painting in college. And so I did. I walked out on the porch and she cooked me dinner and I painted this painting. Um, and I think I just found this newfound joy and just a complete ah. sense of peace. Um, and I think I'd, I'd been so stricken by anxiety and fear and uncertainty, just having no idea what I was doing or what my identity was and, you know, juggling all these jobs and doing so many things that were really hard. And uh, I think painting just found me. It was like all of a sudden this painting was just a very loose impressionistic painting and she loved it and I loved it and I posted it on Instagram and was like, well, that's a one and done thing. Like, no, there's no future in this. That was just something I really enjoyed. Um, sorry, this is like a long story, but uh, I uh, ended up posting that on Instagram and she posted it on her blog. She's a photographer and um, I started getting all of this feedback from people, um, just affirmation on comments and emails. And I realized, like, that painting was such a natural reflection of my heart. It was so um, loose, and there was so much joy in it. And in college, I was painting very tight with oils, and it would take me months to finish a painting. And uh, I really had in my mind that painting needed to be realistic and photographic and very tight in order for it to be a good painting. And I didn't think about it then, but I realized that um doing photographic paintings was kind of what I thought was good artwork mm -hmm. and God kind of helped me see through so many things that it was a reflection of my heart even in painting I was trying to be someone that God hadn't created me to be and I was kind of pursuing this ideal image of an artist when really I should have been pursuing what was so naturally on my heart and like mm. the way that I was created to be honest mm. um so that painting I did on the porch, I think I was just finally so tired of trying to be somebody else and I was exhausted that I just painted for fun. And that's where I really met my passion and the truth of of my style. Um, and that was kind of what set the trajectory for me to then start pursuing art as a career. I, I love your story and I've, I've been around for many parts of it and so yeah. I love seeing you blossom and seeing the profound joy um, in your life that comes from this intersection of your passion and your gifts 
And um, it's so beautiful. And what I, one of the other things that I think is, will be encouraging to other people is that as a, an extrovert and as someone who's very relational, um, you are bringing your gifts um, into the lives of people and you meet so many people as an artist who um, does both commissioned work and um, well, your focus is really on live wedding paintings now, isn't it? Yeah, your focus now what it's become because it takes you into the lives of people and it has to be so incredibly rewarding for you to um, be with people at such an incredibly um, meaningful time in their lives. So can you speak to that? So after I did that painting and made a website and business cards, I started painting some more kind of abstract floral pieces and You can see some of those on my website if you're curious what they look like. Um, But then in the midst of that, I had a random friend in Boulder who was getting married. And she was like, I've seen a painting done at a a church before, like a worship painting where somebody gets up on the stage and like really kind of paints from their heart. And she was like, would you ever be interested in doing that at my wedding? And I was like, "Uh, sure. I mean, at that point, I kind of didn't have... I had to say yes to anything that came my way or else, you know, I wasn't going to be pursuing what I really wanted to. So I showed up for this wedding and it was at Chatfield Botanic Gardens. It was beautiful outside, more flowers and in kind of a garden area. And um, I learned a lot. I showed up and was like, you know, instead of doing like a painting that's abstract, why not just paint this beautiful ceremony? Because it's so significant to these people. So I started painting and I painted for probably an hour and a half and learned a lot that first time. Obviously, I didn't have enough time. Now I do paintings in like four or five hours at weddings, but um, it still was a really cool rendition of their wedding and uh, recognizable as the bride and groom, but kind of an abstract, but kind of um, like you could tell what it was. Um, And then I had kind of an audience, like 20, 30 people would just stand behind with their jaws dropped, just so amazed. And I, I had to be an idiot to not realize that this was a really smart business idea. And so people were like, well, how much do you charge? And do you travel? And how long have you been doing this? And I kind of laughed because I was like, well, this is my first time. And I don't even know how much I charge. um, So that summer, I think I did it maybe three times for friends. They just would pay for materials, and by that time, just through social media, a random friend of mine from Austin, um, which is where I grew up, um, she asked if she could pay for my travel to um, Austin to go paint at her wedding, and so I was like, well, if you're willing to do that, then awesome, let's do it, so that kind of opened a whole new door for this business, was like, wow, if people are willing to pay for me to travel to do this, like, my mind just started spinning and it really didn't take long for me to start doing this full time. And that's probably 80% of my business now is just traveling to weddings. Um, and then I also do paintings from pictures after weddings and trying to move that around now, but we can talk about that later. (laughs) Well, uh, before we get, um, um, too far off in another direction with another question. I want you to tell listeners how they can find you and follow you on social media. So will you point them to your website? Your website is beautiful and um, tell them how they can find you on social media. 
Um, so my website is JennyLouArt.com, and it's spelled J-E-N-N-I-E-L-O-U, Jenny Lou. My uh, birth name was Jennifer Louise, so my mom would call me Jenny Lou growing up, and uh, I ended up naming my business that, but it's JennyLouArt.com, and the same thing on Instagram, at JennyLouArt, J-E-N-N-I-E-L-O-U-Art. And I'll put that in the show notes so people can read it. Um as well i'll type it out so they can find you because i want them to know more about you and about your story and to see the beautiful um video that's on your website and make sure they follow follow you on social media it's such a pleasure and um one of the other things that you do so beautifully is and you seem to have a passion for is the florals and yes um we commissioned you years ago um Yep. For to <laughs> going to try not to get teary over this, but my mother's Aww. one of her favorite flowers was a lilac, and so for her birthday, you painted a beautiful, beautiful oil. I believe it, it was, was an acrylic, acrylic yep. um, of a lilac, and um, yeah. she it and it hung in her home. And then um, when my mother died at her um, at the visitation at my sister's home. Um, the evening before the funeral, we had it there um, with some other things that were precious to my mother. So um, the impact so as an artist that we can have in people's lives, sometimes we don't know the whole story of where our art lands and how it impacts people and um, how people are affected. But um, I know that you are um, bringing meaningful art into people's lives, um, and I've watched it firsthand and I'm so proud of you and I'm so pleased to see the joy in your life and I'm so glad that you were you found a couple of minutes to talk to me about that today yeah of course yeah so I have a couple of other things um don't want to keep you long because I know sort of know the trajectory of your day and it's built oh you're fine I'm gonna honor that but um one of the things that I'm always interested in asking people um and I I I hope it's okay that I'm going to ask you this, but I love to know what's been a challenge for you in terms of a project. If there's been one project that you feel has grown you as a person and as an artist, maybe in an unexpected way, um, something that's brought great joy in the growth that you've experienced um, through taking on something that felt like it stretched you a bit. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like every single thing that I do stretches me. Oh, there's your hello. Hello, Waylon. <laughs> Hi, Waylon. He's like, Mom, why are we sitting here for so long? Um, yes, I feel like I've grown so much just through. <laughs> I might have to take a step outside so he stops barking. Um, I feel like I have grown in every project that I've done because I've really been challenged to think about my identity in a new way um and every single project that I do as an artist you kind of you really question like am I worthy of this how much can I charge or do people actually value this and um it's hard it's really hard to be vulnerable and art is a very vulnerable thing and so I would say every time I step into a piece I have to really uh believe that I'm worthy of it and I'm worthy of the people who are paying for it and I would say that's probably one of my biggest challenges is just uh considering my identity when I am painting and not being insecure or fearful of what other people think right um Mm. 
and yeah you get a lot of feedback from people you get negative comments sometimes at weddings and it's mostly out of ignorance um people commenting like you know they'll say oh it looks like a kindergartner could do it or how much did they pay for this and it's just (laughs) you can be really insecure about it or you can be confident in who you are and you know step into that place and help them understand so I typically will use some bigger artist words and I'm like well if you understand that the composition needs this and the value needs this and they kind of are silenced after that because they have no idea what they're talking about but uh well, you there's said always going to be a challenge. Exactly. Well, you said that so well. Being an artist means being vulnerable. And when we put our art out into the world um, and when we release it and let it go, um, if I feel like um, if we have been obedient by using our gift, the gift that God's given us, once we release it, then the interpretation we can't control and we just release it and we hope and pray that um, it creates emotion and that it, it, it makes an impact on people's lives. So um, definitely. And it always does. It always does. It's art doing what art's meant to do. So, right. But yes, everything I agree with you, everything project I've ever taken on has been a challenge. It would be hard for me to say what was the most challenging thing, just coming to a blank canvas or a blank page creates its own challenge. <laughs> oh yeah. Always. Um, Well, can you share lastly um, with us um, if you can recall or describe um, that feeling of actually presenting um, the painting to a client? I would imagine that you've had an opportunity to to physically hand a piece of art to many clients. And can you describe a little bit um, what one of those transactions felt like? Because I would think that moment of um painter to recipient would be powerful yeah I think um I remember the first time one of my clients cried um when she saw my painting and that happens quite frequently actually but um the first time it happened I just remember being so moved because I was just like I don't think I recognized how much this painting meant to somebody else I was like wow like my artwork is really making a difference in somebody's life and it's really bringing an emotional aspect to their wedding and after wedding after their wedding um and actually I got married last year and had it done at my wedding and I finally got I think for the first time the experience of the bride and I finally realized um how valuable it was because I cried and I was like wow like now I really understand what this means to a bride um but it really does. There's something about beauty and authentic beauty that really pushes people into an emotional place. Um, and I think it's really a testament to who God is and um, his beauty and how we're moved by something that's that's really for us. It's such a personal thing. And I think live wedding painting is that perfect juncture of this artistic gift that I've been given and also a very emotional, intimate thing that somebody is significantly doing in their life which is getting married and entering that eternal covenant and so when you you know to to not have a better word but uh to marry those two things the beauty of artistic gifts and that eternal covenant is just something that's it's hard to find words for because it's such a a beautiful reflection of an eternal reality 
Oh, how well said. And it's so, it was so beautiful to stand behind the painter who was painting your right. wedding. And I thought about how vulnerable um, the artist is to have people peering over their shoulder while they're actually yeah. creating art. That doesn't, to be a live painter is a whole different um, medium because um, many painters obviously are in a studio and they're holed up or if they're a writer, they're at their desk and they, they have the gift or the privilege of, of privacy and of being alone. But to be a live wedding painter is to be exposed. So bravo right, right. to you and I'm just cheering you on and I'm, I'm um, so thrilled to watch you grow and blossom and touch people's lives and I can't thank you enough for being with me today. And I'm wondering Aww. if Waylon will ever forgive me for <laughs> taking his mommy <laughs> away from him. So I'm, oh, gosh. I'm going to give your mom back to you now. And it's been an <laughs> honor and a privilege and such a gift to, to have you come on the podcast. And I'm so excited for my listeners to find you and learn more about your art and to, to what's available and to know about you as a live um wedding painter and as a, a painter who does commissioned work for folks as you did for me so God well bless. thanks for having me and i'm looking forward to doing this workshop so if you have if you think about coming or if you want to be skyped in we can probably make that happen oh, that sounds wonderful that sounds wonderful um yeah so people will need to follow um you on social media so they can know about this workshop i'm going to leave that as a team oh, yeah. i'm not going to tell them all about yeah workshop coming up <laughs> so they'll need to follow you on social media to know about it and i would say for many reasons you want to follow jenny Lovart on instagram enjoy your afternoon and i hope to see you soon in person my friend and thanks for being my guest okay thank you elizabeth we'll talk soon okay bye-bye Thank you for joining me today for my interview with live wedding painter Jenny Pitts Tucker of Jenny Lou Art. As always, I am grateful you carved out time to listen in on conversations of faith, art, and creativity, and my great passion, that of pursuing the art of noticing. At Peabody's, we believe that slowing, savoring, and paying close attention are worthy endeavors. And that though life often comes at us hard and fast, it comes at us bearing joy and beauty too. My hope is that together we will begin to pay closer attention to the people in our lives, that we will celebrate and delight in elements of beauty and wonder that invite us to stop and notice. Please consider sharing this podcast by sending the link to another soul who may want to join us on this journey. And please also consider leaving us a review on your preferred listening platform. Until next week, I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall. I'm so grateful for each one of you. Your presence here is a gift.